We'll take a break from the calls for a second here as we welcome in John Schmelk. You can follow him at on Twitter at Schmelk, S-C-H-M-E-E-L-K. And I wanted to have Schmelk on tonight because I'm talking about the Knicks and free agency. Um, and I've been reading a lot about that over the course of the weekend. I know Schmelk knows the Knicks better than anybody inside and out. But also, Schmelk, I wanted to have you want to get your thoughts on Carmelo. I'm not sure if we've talked about this before. I honestly thought Melo had already retired, so this was news to me that he officially retired today, and I feel it coming, and I'm disappointed, but I feel it coming. They're going to retire his freaking number, aren't they? Uh, they shouldn't. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, and frankly, it's not even, like, close in my mind. Because I think people look at this the wrong way. Like, if you look at the totality of Carmelo Anthony's career, you know, is he a Hall of Famer that's worthy of having his jersey in the ra- in the rafters from, like, a general basketball perspective sure but for a team to retire a player's jersey that team that player needs to in my opinion needs to have had an outsized impact on that organization and the path of that and the trajectory of that franchise and it's not necessarily Melo's fault that he didn't have a bigger impact on the Knicks because of everything going on around him but the bottom line is that in years he played with the Knicks, he, he finished over 500 twice. Once was a strike-shortened year. He won one playoff series. And signing into that extension actually set the franchise back instead of moving it forward. <laughs> so his impact on the Knicks was simply not overly positive. So even though as an individual player, he's a top 75 player, he's a great player, check all those boxes. No argument. No argument, dude. But, like, not the Knicks. Like, he just didn't impact the franchise. You can make the argument that Charles Sprewell and Allen Houston should be up there before Carmelo Anthony. Good one. I mentioned Starks and Oakley before, but though I thought about Sprewell, and I was like, eh, Houston's a very good one, too. But, yes, you're right. I think you can make a legitimate argument that those guys should be up there. Look, if the Rangers put Adam Graves there, then I think you can make the case for an Oakley or Starks. And, by the way, I'm not saying those guys should be up there, but they right, should be up there before Melo. Dude, how, how about Bernard King? Right. Now, I don't... He almost single-handedly beat the Larry Bird Celtics in a playoff series. Do you think, Schmelk, that there's a disconnect with Melo and a, you know, the the fans of a certain age? Like, I I don't know how old you are, but I'm 43. Basically, if you lived through the 90s and actually saw a successful Knicks organization led by Patrick Ewing, I feel like you don't think that that Melo should have his number retired. 100%. 100%. I think this is the younger cohort who don't have, remember the 90s, who remember the mid-2000s and, you know, the, you know, 2011 to 2017, whenever it was here. And that's their glory era of Nick basketball. Now, uh, I get that. I understand the emotions involved in that. But, again, if you just look at it from a franchise perspective, he just didn't impact the team that way and again dude it's not necessarily his fault like he just didn't fit well with Amari Stoudemire that never would have worked even if Stoudemire did stay healthy he didn't they messed up in using the um uh you know um uh the the, um uh the ability to cut the guy and they should use it on Stoudemire and instead they use it on Chauncey Billups to sign Wilson Chandler right yeah what the hell is that called I forget now but right but they had the the exemption or something or whatever they they were able to get rid of a a contract they used it on Stoudemire you're right they should have got rid of (laughs) yeah so they messed that up they're changing coaches left and right they're changing GMs left and right Phil Jackson comes in it was a mess none of that was Melo's fault okay and it could have been better with him through no fault of his own but at the same time 
there was stuff that was Melo's fault, all right? He was never a good defensive player. You know, he didn't share the ball well enough. Selfish, lazy were the the words I was using to describe him. The minute minute somebody else showed up and was really good in Jeremy Lin, he was jealous of Jeremy Lin. Right. You know, he didn't, he didn't, wasn't like, all right, let's let's go and do this together. You know, his best coach when he was here was Mike D'Antoni. The only did to Mike D'Antoni, he ran him out of town because he didn't like the way Mike D'Antoni ran his offense. You know what it took Carmelo Anthony to actually get in his best shape of his career? Getting cut by two teams, the Knicks and then the Rockets. Then he decided, I'm going to get in really good shape, and I'm going to try to reinvent myself as a power forward. Well, if he had done that in his final couple of years with the Knicks, the end of his career in New York might have been different. So he's not blameless for any of this. He was imperfect, too. He was not a LeBron James, a Dwayne Wade-level type player in terms of impact on the team. And he thought again, he was. He, th- see, that's part yeah. of my problem, too, is that he thinks he's that level. He's not. No, he's not. I'm with you 100%. But, again, I, again I, I'm just being careful not to take away from his greatness as an individual player. Right. Because he was a great individual player. But for reasons that were partially his, but mostly – the nonsense that was going on with the Knicks around him that, you know, we don't have to detail all the, 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 the garbage and crap. It didn't work out here. And look, that's not insulting his tenure with the Knicks. That's not insulting Carmelo Anthony. Going into the Raptors is a big freaking deal. It's not something that, that a player is owed. It's the same way people get getting nuts. Well, but they owe it to Barry Bonds to put in the Hall of Fame. No, they don't. You're not owed to be in the Hall of Fame. You have to earn your way into the Hall of Fame. And I just don't think Anthony, Carmelo Anthony, did enough as a Nick to earn his way to be in the Raptors next to a bunch of guys that helped the Knicks win championships, get the multiple finals, Eastern Conference finals. He just didn't have that sort of impact on the franchise. And I get why younger fans want him up there. I get it. But if you take the emotion out of it, the list of accomplishments just is not long enough. Yeah, and it drives me nuts. And, and look, it sounds like you and I are Knicks fans who hate Carmelo Anthony. That is not the case. I am not no. picking on Carmelo. It was just in comparison to Patrick Ewing in particular, it's insulting to me. He did not do enough. And the reason why I'm really bothered, Schmel, because I do believe they're going to retire his number. Dolan loves him. I'm afraid they will too. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's a disgrace. I, I I don't disagree. And, and, you know, by the way, and then there are some fans that are over the top the other way. I had some fans tweet me at their, put my little tweet up there. And they're like, I consider Cole Anthony much closer to Stephon Marbury than I do the guy that belongs in the Raptors. I'm like, all right, now you need to calm down a little bit. Well, I do. I, I think that's a better comp to me. Now, you I, look, I, I was checked out at that point on, on certain levels, but I, I never liked the Marbury Knicks either. But to me, an individual great talent that could score the basketball. I mean, I think that's a better comp to go mellow to Marbury than it is mellow to Ewing. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have put mellow in, in, in the Ewing category, but, you know, Marbury had the off-the-court stuff that I think kind of puts him. Well, that is know, true. So, Mello's not I, a bad I, guy at all. Right? Exactly. Say what you're about Mello. He's a class act. He's, he's not a bad dude. Agreed. And I'd love to hang out with Melo. Great personality. That that was never the issue. The issues are, you mentioned them with D'Antoni, with Lynn, with Stoudemire, lazy, out of shape, selfish player. Other than that, yeah, he was great. Um, we're talking with John Schmelk, who knows all things Nick. Schmelk, of course, a podcast host, reporter, and producer for the Giants. You can follow him on Twitter, at Schmelk, S-C-H-M-E-E-L-K. Schmelk, how about the free agency here? Enlighten me, because I've been reading a little bit about this. I saw one person, I think it was Steve Popper uh, of Newsday. I forget which exact paper he writes for, but I saw him mention Porzingis might be a fit. I I love that idea. Uh, What are we looking at here free agent-wise 
for this Knicks team going in this summer? Knicks have a mid-level exception. It's about, I think it starts at around 11.8 or $12.8 million. So you're not going to get a Porzingis-level player. I mean, he's going to get between 25 and $30 million a year. So, I mean, could you do something maybe with like a sign-and-trade to get him from Washington? Yeah, sure. Uh, would he match somebody you know next to somebody like Randall? Would you want someone to spread the floor? I actually think it is a match, believe it or not. Um, whether or not that actually happens, I don't know. What do you mean match? Uh, think, you, you you like his fit here? You're talking about yeah, trade? A fit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, a fit. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do think fit. Ne- Look, Sal, the Knicks don't have enough shooting. I mean, they just don't. And I finally caught up with them in the postseason where the Miami Heat, because of the Heat culture and Pat Riley and Eric Spolcher, they were not going to let the Knicks bully them in the paint and grab a bunch of offensive rebounds and bludgeon them. These are the Pat Riley Heat. Like, you don't do that to the Pat Riley Heat. And that's what happened. So the Knicks are going to have to improve their efficiency in terms of scoring. They have to have better shooters, and that comes back to spreading the floor better too, right? So you could find that in a couple of different spots. Center is certainly one of them. Where as good as Mitchell Robinson was against Cleveland, he was not very good against Miami. And he's, he's got just, no offensive game. Like I, I get, I get what the appeal is: rim protector, great rebounder. But it'd be nice if he had like some semblance of an offensive game. He's got zero. Yeah, well, watching him try to shoot free throws and just basically throw the ball at the rim as hard as he can, and the ball doesn't even get above the rim half the time. It's it, it, it's just not great. Yeah, so look, that's one of the places where you can improve your shooting. But this is not going to be a big free agent offseason for the Knicks, in my opinion. You know, maybe they throw money at, like, a Max Struess. I could see them maybe trying to get Alec Burks back, who's like a 40% three-point oh, shooter, God. like a role player off the bench. Look, but look, he's not going to try to play point guard like he did when he was last time. And as a bench player, Alec Burks is fine. Matt right. Is Steph fine. Curry, I saw, was an, um yeah. Seth Curry, not Steph Curry, obviously. No, Seth, yeah. yeah, Seth Curry. <laughs> Seth. Imagine that. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah, no, um, get him as a shooter. Like, they need a shooter. I like the idea of Porzingis, a big that could stretch the floor and shoot. He'd be yeah, a perfect fit here. So I just didn't yeah, know if it was realistic. Yeah, I mean, look, it would have to be a trade. I don't know what the – that would have to be a sign-and-trade deal, and I don't know what the Wizards would want. I don't know what the Wizards are thinking in terms of rebuilding. Are they trying to win still? That's a kind of weird organization and flux that, that they're kind of dealing with right there. But, Sal, this is – we're back to our stable conversation, right? Here's the thing. The Knicks still need a, a, another star. The good thing is, and we talked about this, right, when we talked about the Donovan Mitchell trade last summer, we thought the Knicks need to find two stars, right, in order to become contenders. Well, you know what? Jalen Brunson's won. All right, they found one. And they, and they got him on the cheap. All they had to do was sign him to a free agent contract, and it was a below-market free agent contract. He's making less than $30 million a deal on a descending contract. That Jalen Brunson contract, Sal, and when's the last time we said this about a Nick player? It might be the most valuable contract in the entire NBA. In yeah. terms of cost for player ability, it might be the best contract in the whole league. That's how good that contract is. So now we're down to one. The Knicks need one star, and they have all these assets to trade for them, all the draft picks, young players. They're, they might be the best position franchise of any other team right now to go trade or find a star player given their assets, the size of the market a player might demand to go to the Knicks and no other team. They are so well positioned. I, I'm almost uncomfortable because I've never seen the Knicks position this well before. So, now the trick is yeah. trade for the right guy because you could trade for the wrong guy and then you screw yourself. All right. So you got to trade for the right guy. So who do you think of some of the names that have been brought up? <laughs> I mean, who Embiid, who knows, Carl Anthony Towns. What do you think of some of the names that have been thrown out there as possibilities? 
All right, real, uh, why don't we rapid fire this? Uh, throw the names at me really quick, and I'll knock them out one by one for you. Well, Embiid. Embiid, the injuries in the playoffs constantly scare the crap out of me, but he's the level of a player you would want to go after. If it wasn't for the health, grand slam, home run, I'd take him in a second, but he just keeps getting hurt in the playoffs like Chris Paul, which it worries me. Carl uh, Anthony Towns was the other big one that I remember. I do not want to touch that dude with a ten with a ten foot pole. Uh, he's so bad defensively mm. that they traded five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. Even so, though, even though that uh, Tibbs, he had his best year under Tibbs. Don't care. Uh, I just don't think that. And look, Jimmy, he drove Jimmy Butler so much that he requested a trade out of Minnesota. So for to me, I, I just. I'm not a Cole Anthony Towns guy. I don't think it works. I don't. I. I don't think that's a mix. I also don't love the. You know, having the center as, as one of your best players in the modern NBA. Zach Levine's another guy. Yeah. The problem, Zach. The problem, Look, Zach Levine. I love as an offensive player. When the guy gets hot, like he can't be stopped. He's he's big. He's athletic. He can shoot. He can drive. He's efficient offensively. The problem is that he's not a good defender. He's had multiple knee issues. That that seems to be over, but he had multiple knee issues. And then the third problem is that a forty-plus million dollar a year contract kicks in next year. So could you trade Zach, trade for Zach Levine, but not give up like the house and only give up like half the house? Then would it be worth it if it's like Barrett? What what if it's just like Barrett Randall on like a pick or two? Like is that something that the Bulls would do? I don't know. Is that worth it to the Knicks? I don't know. Um, there aren't a ton of great options, Sal, but you never know who the next star is that's going to demand the trade. Like, Paul George is another one, right? What happens if the Clippers want to blow it up? Right. The problem is Paul, Paul George is the perfect player, right? Two-way wing. He's like six seven. He can guard guards. He can shoot. He can guard wings. Really good player, Tommy's 33. You want to, I really don't want to trade for someone over 30. This is a young Nick team. I want to build to that youth. I don't want to get an old guy. You know, Kawhi Leonard's hurt too much. I don't want any part of that. He's just banged up too much. Uh, do you wait? Do you be patient and just say, well, maybe Luka Doncic is going to get tired of Dallas, and then you try to trade for him whenever he becomes available? So, jo- Jonathan Macri, who runs Nick Film School, I thought had a great quote. The Knicks are walking into a prime Las Vegas buffet, right? They have a choice of all these different items, but the problem is that you can only choose one item at the buffet, and you have to choose the right one. Otherwise, you're going to go home and you're going to be really disappointed. It can really mess up your day. Right. And that's what the Knicks are going to have to – they're going to have to exercise a lot of patience here and try to find the right guy. And if the right guy doesn't become available this summer, Sal, you, wait. you have to wait. You have, you have to wait. Yeah. If that means trade deadline, fine. Next summer, I, you deal with it because if you make the wrong move, it really sets you back. And I, I know it's frustrating. You want to take the next step, but I think you still have to be patient. I do think they have shown patience, though, because they could have gone all in oh, for Donovan Mitchell, potentially. Now, again, I don't know if they would have ever matched the package or, or even if they maxed out, would it have been enough to go get Donovan Mitchell? But I feel like they have shown patience here. Leon Rose has done an excellent job and doesn't get enough credit for it, probably in part because he doesn't talk to the media. And that's a big problem, too. <laughs> There's a disconnect there with the fans, so Leon Rose doesn't get enough credit for it. But he should get credit for putting them in the position that they're in. So forget about the potential star, who that might be. Maybe it's not there yet. What about currently what they have? I mean, they're just going to have to ride it out with RJ. I mean, what do you do with Julius Randle? Do you actively look to move him? Or unless you're getting a star back, you hold on to him? Yeah, I, look, I, I understand the, the fans' frustrations with Julius Randle. He's he's inconsistent. He's mercurial. He doesn't get back on defense sometimes, and the effort on defense is oftentimes not where you want it to be. I don't disagree with any of that. But 
you don't just replace 25 and 10 and, and five assists. Like it, you just don't replace that. They need him in the regular season. And I think the playoffs show that you need Julius Randle. You know, when he either was out or didn't play well, the team lost. When he played pretty well, the team won. So you need that secondary scorer next to Brunson, who's a legitimate star, but he can't do it on his own. He's, he's a 6-2 guard that isn't super athletic. He can't do it all himself. So you need someone next to him that can create their own shot and run the offense through. And R.J. Barrett's not it. He played better in the postseason, but he's still at best to me a number three, and I'm still not sure I'm there yet, but he's certainly not a number two. So if you're going to treat Julius Randle, that's fine. Do I think he's the second best player on a championship team? No, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he has that in him. But you have to get someone back that you can run an offense through to help Jalen Brunson. Because otherwise, I hate to tell you this out, if you just took Julius Randle off this year's team and you disappeared him, the Knicks are in the playing tournament and they get wiped out in the first or second round of the playoffs. And they never even get to that second round against Miami. They have a one and two threes. Potentially. I, mean, I don't know if Barrett's there yet, but he played like that in the postseason. They don't have that legitimate number two, and that's part of the frustrating yeah. thing with it's Randall uh, and Barrett that could be impact players, uh, you know, significant impact players, but they're not that next guy that Brunson. And needs. are we sure Brunson's a one? I am. Maybe, I mean, you don't. What do you want to call him a two? A really, really good two. Maybe he's a really good. Two, I don't know, yeah, Schmelk. I, I love no. him as I love him as a one. Now, I'm not going to say that he's you know he's not LeBron James or you know one of those top guys. I guess the tippy top guys, but I think he's right. a, enough of a star, and especially if you no, if he fair. continues to get better. That's fair. that's fair. You know who who would you say? I mean, you know, do you think Donovan Mitchell's better? I mean, I know he's different, but would you rather have a team with? If you had to pick one to lead your team, you going Donovan Mitchell or Jalen Brunson? It's a really good question. I think they're very close. I think they're in the same category. But you're right. I, I think my larger, but I would put them like below. I would probably put them a little bit below Devin Booker, maybe. Hmm. I mean, I, I realize Jason Tatum did not have a great series, but I think if you ask around the league, who would you pick in the draft first, Jason Tatum or Brunson? I think most people yeah. would pick Jason Tatum, right? Well, I get it, I but that doesn't mean that Luka, he can't. Well, Luca, different level. I mean, you, but but I get it. I'm not, but he's a, he's a, to me, he can be all, the guy on a team. I guess yes, is the no, way I'm 100% saying number one. Agree. No, uh, I, and, and, and that's fair. But I think, you know, if you want to win a championship, Sal, the next guy you get better be as good as or better than Brunson is hmm. my point. Okay, that's fair enough. I think at least. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and by the way, I'll say this too. I think it was proven that Donovan Mitchell wouldn't have worked. You know, the Knicks had enough trouble defensively in their backcourt teams hunting Jalen Brunson. Donovan Mitchell can't guard anyone either. You have those two guys in the backcourt together, this team would have given up a billion points in the playoffs because neither of those two guys can guard very well. Yeah, and a lot of the names that I was seeing were two-way players. Maybe the Knicks could bring in via free agency, not any household names that I would know. But clearly, they look, they need guys who could defend and shoot the basketball. It's pretty cut and dry here. Uh, will they get them? How will they get them? Who the hell knows? But either way, Schmelk, it was a great season uh, for the Knicks. I mean, winning a first-round first, uh, first round series, getting into that second round this year, huge step forward, and maybe even more so the hope that they have, to your point, being loaded and ready to go to acquire another superstar or just continue to build it the hard way. Yeah, look, I know fans are disappointed, Sal, but I hope they watch this Miami-Boston series and they realize that they should not be ashamed of losing to the Heat. I know they were an eight seed, and I know they had high hopes and Nixon home court and everything like that. The Heat just dismantled the top-seeded Celtics. All right, they dismantled them. So I don't think Nick fans should be 
depressed or disappointed they lost to Miami. To your point, it was a very successful season. And to the point we made earlier, the most important thing that happened this year, Sal, they got a star. Yeah, They've been looking for him, and they got one in Jalen Brunson. Now you just got to add one more to compete. And, and no matter how it ended, getting Jalen Brunson is the most important thing that happened to this Nick team all year. And I will say that the next number that goes up to those rafters better be number 11 and not number 7. All right, Smith. All right, Smith. I'm with you, bro. I'm Th- with you. Thank you for the time, bro. I appreciate it. Anytime, Sal. You're the man, baby. He is John Schmelk. Check him out. He does a ton of stuff for the Giants, obviously. Podcast host, reporter, producer for them, but knows Nick's more than anybody. So we had some fun talking with Schmelk.